Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. friends and welcome into the athletic fantasy football podcast it is week three waivers i'm chris welsh that is jake seeley we got all the stuff for you because unfortunately there was a lot of stuff and some things as well even for monday night football we are going to be going through mr jake seeley's incredible waiver wire column which you can check out if you have a subscription to the athletic just go over to theathletic.com better yet go to jake seeley on twitter at all in kid One of the top tweets will be the waivers, or if you're listening to this a little bit later, it'll be the ranks. Click on that. It takes you to The Athletic. You sign up. Everybody is happy and glorious and winning their fantasy football leagues. You can get all of that stuff for like a buck a month, so go and check it out today. Sign up. I implore you. It's a great read. Great read with all the nuggets that you're going to need. And unfortunately, Jake, it's a whole lot of nuggets. It's like a a 24-pack from McDonald's of nuggets from this week. And there's just one big giant nugget that's stuck into three or four pieces that we're going to be talking about at the top waiver wire. I know it's a hardcore top analogy that you love, but um, that's kind of where we're at for this week. So are you ready to dive into all of this madness? Yeah, I think we should. Are you an injury guy? Are you like a, you know, like there's people that can watch like those gross like surgeries or, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, send me that video of somebody getting whatever are you one of those guys or are you do you have more of a soul and you can't watch people get injured and hurt and you refuse to see them which side uh why can't i mean honestly why can't it be both honestly i I have a soul and i feel terrible especially but i'm also curious to see what happened it's like i'm not like a ooh, i need to see it how that was gross that was so cool no like I legitimately looked for the video of Nick Chubb last night because I wanted to see what happened. I wanted to see like what kind of injury it was more because my curiosity, but I still feel God awful terrible for the guy. Mm, that sounds like someone without a soul that's trying to uh, that's trying to make them be very solely. No, I'm just joking. There are three there. Are, I think there's three sides. There's the people that obsessive about injuries. There's the curiosity factor. And then there are people like me who I cannot do it. I you. it's a straight block for bad injuries. And no. See, that's the thing is like Nicole and I send each other stuff on Instagram of people failing, like kids running into things, I can do that. snowboard accidents. It's like, well, that's the thing. It's like that. That's kind of like it's not so much. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's awesome. Like I, I see people get hurt a lot. So <laughs> like, oh, my God, I can't stomach it. I, I was just genuinely curious, like how bad it was. It was super bad. Did I watch it a second time? No, but I was curious to see what I happened. watched the play live. Didn't see the leg portion. And then I followed everybody else. Well, so that's what I'm saying. Because when you saw it live, it didn't look like it, it, it from the angle watching the game. And when he got tackled because it was a kind of a pile up, it didn't look like really anything happened. No, I, I gotta be honest with you. I saw the play. I turned away and then I came back and I was like, oh, everybody's down. And then he's carted off. And then I just trusted everybody. I just can't do it. I can't do the injuries. And it's unfortunate, especially if you weren't 
paying attention yesterday and you woke up to it, that uh, Nick Chubb is done. I don't think we've gotten, I haven't seen it this morning, the official analysis of what it is, but all the things look to be torn and all the things look to be broken. Oh, we don't have the, yeah, we don't have the official, but we asked the fans. Yeah. Everybody, everybody is saying he's done. And, and Adam Schefter coming out with, I mean, just from the top rope being like, Hey, by the way, in 2015, he tore his MCL is, and everyone's like, okay, like we get it. We don't need to see all that. And people were taking it like, that's what happened, but it was engagement. Yeah, exactly. I was getting paid, getting paid by Twitter. Um, it was brutal. And Nick Chubb is going to be gone. And it, you know, there's there's a fantasy aspect of it, but also it's just like sad because like he was a very popular like this is a guy that's going to lead the league in fantasy across the board. And this is the dude. And you hate you hate to see the best players get knocked out. And we already had it happen in week two. And what that has turned into, though, is now the n- theoretical. I believe you believe the number one waiver claim from the week. So we're going to kind of ruin the number one on waivers of the uh, year. Uh, yeah. Maybe of the year. Exactly. Well, and Nakua, Nakua. Um, yeah. yeah okay, well, that's a good actually debate. That'll be a really great debate, but Jerome Ford, Jerome Ford looked fantastic last night, had an incredibly great, uh, cutback run was consistently breaking tackles. He looked like everything that you dream of, of the guy that is backing up a superstar. And it humble, it always humbles me too, because I was very like, Oh, let's be very hardcore about week one and waivers. And you know, how often are we really gifted with not only like a top guy going down, but a really great replacement that's sitting out on the wire. And then sure enough, you have this situation where Jerome Ford looked incredible and he will be the guy. So with this injury, I mean, you're saying it right now, pickup of the year is there no worry that they're going to bring someone else like a Kareem Hunt who knows the offense not just I'm not saying because I think people are barking a little bit too much about this that when anyone says Kareem Hunt's going to join the Browns that that means that he'll just take over the Nick Chubb role it's just another back that is very familiar with the system but Jerome Ford looks like the guy and he will be the guy and he's going to go for all the fab this weekend or this week so back when last year, I had Jerome Ford in the same tier as Rashad White and Brian Robinson. Now, as of today, we'd probably say Brian Robinson deserves to be ahead of the Rashad White tier. But I just like those are the names that are trying to evaluate tier wise. Uh, Damian Pierce, too, going into the draft. So that kind of gives you an idea of what I think about Jerome Ford to begin with. Uh, I think that you saw it size, speed. Good cutbacks. The problem is, and he's a decent receiver. The problem is sometimes he'll run into congestion and like they'll kind of like not always see the blocks. But the, the offensive line's good. The, the offense is going to help him. So I'm not get concerned. And where I go with all this is saying, I watched, everybody did. I watched Kareem Hunt. I didn't think he looked that great last year. He still looked good. I just don't think he's Kareem Hunt from pre injury 2021, which I referenced in the article. Like when he injured his calf in 2021. I know 2022 is a whole nother year, but he looked like the guy that came back from the injury. Like it doesn't look like it got better last year. And I'm saying to say is like, yeah, sure. Kareem Hunt signs today. He knows the Browns. He knows the offense, but I don't think he's going to be anything more than what he was. He's Kareem Hunt. He's a timeshare piece. I think this whole talk of multiple offers, eh, I mean, just a little eyebrow raising that nobody signed him. Like he's really holding out for like, what more was he going to get? Like he's still not going to get a starter role anywhere. So I just, I don't think he's a serious threat. I'd actually be more concerned. And this might sound crazy. I'd be more concerned if they sign Leonard Fournette because at this point in Leonard Fournette's career, he's only a pass catcher. And I think that would be my bigger concern is that instead of seeding 20, 25% of the touches, we would actually get kind of a timeshare 
55-45 type of split. But I think Ford is go for it. You know, there's very few opportunities to get a running back like this. And even if they sign somebody, even if they trade for Cam Akers, this blows up in our face in two or three weeks, you still have to take the chance that what we saw is what we have going forward. And that's a potential top 15. Yeah, and I think outside of just wanting to have volume because you lost depth, I just don't think the team would need to be aggressive. Like, oh, we don't have a run. This isn't like... The, they, they have Pierre Strong. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the point. It's, it's not like they have Cam Akers and they're like, oh, God, this is horrible. It's like, no, Jerome Ford looked fantastic. Like, Jerome Ford, I think they can they can put the back of that backfield on. It's just they may need some depth. I don't think it comes from trades. And Cam Akers, you're right, I wouldn't be worried about. I'm still not even worried if it's any of those guys. If it's Fournette's, if it's Hunt's, I think it is more protection for them than anything else. But Jerome Ford is going to be the top guy. Uh, we can talk uh, briefly a little bit about it once we get into the big waiver section. Other news going around. Saquon injury is a common ankle sprain, a common uh, ankle injury. He's going to be out for three weeks. That's a big thing. Three weeks. Uh, minimum. They didn't say like only, definitely. They said minimum. Which, that, that's still speculative. It, yeah, I still don't feel great about it. I don't feel this. great about it. And I, I like if you never, it, I don't know where you are in injuries, but like Saquon, Saquon is the Giancarlo Stanton uh, in the baseball world of of injuries in football. Stop, so do I'm just saying it. it's just it's brutal. It's three <laughs> weeks now and we'll see like how quick it moves through. Um, what are we are we doing this Cam Akers thing again? Just want to get it out of our system here, Jake. To the Giants? No, 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 not to the Giants. Just this Cam Akers moving on to I mean, Kyron Williams has obviously moved on to be the number one back. That was the other big piece of news because Cam Akers was deactivated like and I think while the morning games were going on, or maybe it was like right before the game started up, Kyron Williams was the top guy. There's another guy, if he happened to be still sitting out there on waivers this week that you would uh, pay attention to. But do you believe Cam Akers is done? Done? No. And that's why I told people, like, I wouldn't drop him until see where, where he goes. Uh, I don't think he'll necessarily be a lead anywhere he does go. But... You know, uh, and everybody can hate me for this because I put out the tweet and the Fancy Life Twitter account said, where do we want to see Acres go? What's the best landing spot? And everybody's about to tune out as soon as I said this. My response was the Browns, so we don't have to worry about them anymore. And then, yeah, that's, that uh, went well. I ruined I ruined Nick Chubbs. It's my fault. It's I, I ruined that for everybody. <laughs> just like how I ruined J.K. Dobbs the week before when he went into the end zone. And I said, just has to stay healthy. Mm. Fringe RB1. Yeah, so it's. I am worse than Tim Andercurse. Uh I'll say, look, he could be a high-end backup somewhere, and then he's basically in the conversation of, like, a Zeke if Ramondre Stevenson gets hurt or something like that. So 10-team, you can probably move on. 12-team might be tougher depending on your depth. I would see where he ends up first. Okay, yeah, that, I think that's a really good approach. It's like you don't have to be dramatic unless there are really good options that are sitting out there. But um, you hold on. You kind of see what ends up happening. I do think there are scenarios where you could move on, like not not even just tenting, but like shorter bench type of stuff. If it, if there are really good waivers out there, I think the uh, key for everybody at all times, waivers are a dictation of the moves you make when you're talking about straight cuts or moving on from players all the time. Because I play in plenty of leagues that have good available players, and I play in plenty of leagues that have no available players. So the idea, like uh, after week one, there could have been justification to move on and there still may, but like guys like, you know, Marvin Mims and whatnot, and then they go out and, you know, have a big game all done in a couple catches, but it's like, you'd probably not want to do that. Kendra Miller, same thing. You've got some banged upness of Jamal Williams and uh, Kendra Miller. Some people could have moved on from week one. You don't want to quite do that. So 
hold where you can let the waivers themselves be a little bit of a dictation of the moves. The other quick things here, Joe Burrow uncertain to play in week three. My big question is if, even if he's active, it's Monday night, you kind of have to, yeah, you can, I don't think you can wait. You got to make a different move this week, right? Unless you get like a, uh, by Thursday or Friday, like he's golden, he's good. To, he's golden pony boy. Otherwise you got to put something, you got to put Purdy in there. You got to get somebody else that's sitting out in the wire, right? Yeah. Purdy against the Giants. Love that. Uh, Jared Goff, if he's still out there at home, always love that. But yeah, you can't wait. It's the last game too. So you can't Also wait. with a kind of uncertainty is Austin Eckler is without a timetable right now, which is not good. He's got his own podcast. So um, I don't know if he'll really talk about it. He kind of talks about some of it, but I don't think he broke his own news. He was selling Josh Kelly last week. Uh, Josh Kelly looked it was just bad this past week. Are you going to try, if Eckler's out, are you going to trust Josh, Josh Kelly this week? Joshua Kelly mm, in this matchup against Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. I'm just, just seeing it just wasn't good. The volume wasn't that's there. Nothing more than he was last week at RB too. That's, that's but we've seen sometimes he might be a back that is actually better with Eckler there than when he's given the sole gig. Not I said that I said that on all on football on Monday. I said the same thing. I said Josh Kelly. It just comes down to his like a lot of running backs go back. Oh no, it was with Pat, it was Pat doing rankings. Um, go back to Lamar Miller days. Some running backs are better on the ten to fifteen touches. A little bit even less than for Joshua for fewer for Joshua Kelly. But you know that's it's still volume. I'd play him over Damian Pierce in his offensive line against the Jaguars this week. Well, Damian Pierce is trending in a very wrong direction. The Niners used to do that. He has no offensive line. Yeah, well, there's like four of his five offensive linemen are. Out. I mean, that's not going to change anytime soon. Maybe that's a dynasty reason to have mm-hmm. him. But this season he's trending week five, yeah. week five. They're supposed to get half of them. Okay, back. That'd be good. But like the Niners used to do it with Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert was specifically a back that would come in like, you know, the seventh play of a drive when defense is starting to get gas and you got fresh legs of one of the faster backs in the NFL. And they could you could kind of thrive with that. Same thing. That's more Josh Kelly. Joshua Kelly might actually uh, benefit from you coming in. Defense is a little bit more gassed. You come in and change a pace and then you you dominate. But he's still a play. So we'll see what happens with Austin Eckler coming up this week. You guys got waiver decisions to make. We've got the top five at running back, top five at wide receiver, and just a couple streaming options we'll throw out to you at quarterback and tight end. We did talk about number one. Let's just talk about the magnitude of it one more time. Jerome Ford comes in at number one on your waivers for running back. That was not going to be the case until Monday Night Football. Actually, how you have it set up is exactly where I was thinking. Jerome Ford takes over as the dominant number one. And I know you're not big into the fab and the percentages and stuff like that because we're now into a space where people have spent. But is it fair to say... This is the aggressive move. Whatever aggressive looks like in your guys' league, this is what you have to be. Like I I I went in the pentathlon league I'm doing, I went 35% on Puka after week one. That looks like Hello. a steal. Oh, yeah, Puka. on Puka. That looks like a Puka. steal now. And but now I've I've kind of depleted myself. What do you think? In the Puka world, Jerome Ford is Puka was like somewhere between 35 and 60% of fab. Where do you think Jerome Ford is now? No, it's, uh, I would go with Gainwell. I would go with whatever Gainwell went for, go 20% higher at least. Okay, that's a good marker. So, But but it's fair to say that this is kind of like an unload situation. You believe, I believe, a lot of people believe yeah. Jerome Ford is the guy. I know you haven't got, you're going to be doing your ranks that'll be dropping tomorrow. I did my initial ranks and I put, him, I put Jerome Ford at like 17, I think, this week. 
Like that, that's, I think it's a top 20 back easy. So, I mean, does that feel like when you can get top 20 backs, you just kind of go as hard as you need to, especially if you lost a back. Might even be too low. I, that might be too low. I, that's right. That was just my initial the only look. problem is facing Tennessee. Yeah. Is that a problem? And then we go back to this, the same conversation I had with Pat. Is it the chicken or the egg? Is it a media? Is it a middle, riddle of the road vanilla run defense that just is highlighted because you just throw, throw, throw on them? Or is it actually a good run defense? It's the, I compared them. This, the Commanders and the Titans are basically the same team. Oh, I see that. Yeah. Both Sol- are garbage Solid defense. Sol- yeah, no. Sam Sick Hallett of Sam. I'm, uh, and Jahan Dotson. I'm, I'm salty of Sam Howell because Jahan If Dotson. you didn't think Sam Howell had a good game in Denver, you're That's drunk. Fine. Well, Jahan Dotson didn't. I think, <laughs> I think he had three catches, 22 yards in the first half, and he didn't get yeah. looked at one more time. Exactly. That's uh, that's two weeks in a row. He had like four catches for something yards in the, fir- like the first half. Like Sam Howell looks at him early and, and then I need the prop. And we're I, just, we were just mad about Jahan I need Dotson. the prop market out there to give me first half player stats for Jahan Dotson. Please. Oh, so we're not, now we're doing like first four and a half <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I need that. I need like first <laughs> half catches. Doing first half props for, for football. <laughs> Please, let's make it more convoluted. Okay, so yeah, I buy that. Um, who do you think you're going to have higher this week, Jerome Ford or Joshua Kelly without Eckler? Ford. Okay, I I completely agree with that because I'm I'm like getting out on Josh Kelly. So this is a, when it comes down to who I like is a better running back, Ford. Yeah. Well, and also Ford Ford draft wise ranked higher than Joshua Kelly did draft wise. And I think if there is a stout defense that does live in Tennessee, that's going to keep going every week. Jerome Ford can also catch the ball out of the backfield. A decent amount. Deshaun Watson looks horrific. And I got on here. I don't know if you remember. We did that episode with Funston on here. And I was yelling about, I don't like Deshaun Watson. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, Deshaun Watson used to be a top five quarterback. And I'm like, I think he looks awful. And he looks awful. He looks worse. He looks like one. I mean, Desmond Ritter proved to be the worst quarterback in the NFL without question this past week. John Watson doesn't look that much better. Every decision was bad. Their offensive line didn't, what wasn't, so, I don't know. Every single year, there's a few players, not nah, actually a few players, there's one or two. Every single year, there's one or two players that I wish I would have stuck to my guns with. Oh, but, sure. You know, I'm, I'm saying like, I'm not always 100% right. And we talk with a lot of smart people, yourself, Brandon Fonston on, on The Athletic. I talk with Mayo, Meany, like talk with a lot of people, do podcasts everywhere. And I was in the vast minority. It was like you and me. Like I felt like I was on a limb by myself. I, orig- I originally had Watson at like 15, 14. I was like, he looked terrible last year. And like, I don't know how much better he's going to get. Like, let's say he does improve. He has to get better. Like, does that still put him in a top 10 conversation? Everybody's like, he's been top five. He's been number one. He's been number two. Like, it's just, he's going to run. And if it's just, and I'm like, I just, he looked so terrible. Can we just say it's rust? Is it really just rust? And I kept, and I moved him up and I moved mm. him up because people are just like, you got to Like, he's just, he's got that top five potential. And I'm like, okay, fine. And I didn't think I ended up with him like a QB 10 because I said, once you get past the top seven or eight quarterbacks, you're all, you're just looking for top five potential. Like we we sit here and talk about it all the time. It's like we just want a top five quarterback. You don't yeah. want QB ten. So I said, fine, take a flyer on him around Daniel Jones. Like they could finish top six, seven if everything goes right. But I still hated it, and uh, like I just wish I would have been like because he does. He looks god awful, awful. Like, awful. Is- that I did stick to, uh, luckily because I do the same thing, and I so relate with you on that too. Where you have this feeling, and then you get yourself out of it and you don't stick to your guns. And it, it's something I, I feel like I got beat up. <laughs> like this is just like, like taken like, advantage of fine. Just stop punching me. Fine. I'll, I'll put Watson on. I'm tr- <laughs> I've been trying over the last uh, like 18 months 
in on multiple sports that I do to stick to my guns a little bit harder and stuff. Watson was one of those. And I, I think I'd left him at 16, 16 at quarterback. And I got eye rolls from multiple people about it, but I feel vindicated right when now. I stuck to my guns on was Kenny Pickett. I, I, you're not, you're never going to change. And I got, <laughs> I was completely wrong about that. Kenny Pickett looks horrible. I was all Mr. Oh, Kenny Pickett's going to be amazing. He looks like garbage too. Uh, but guess what? Kenny Pickett looks better than Deshaun Watson. So it's awful. All of this to, I mean, yeah, they're, they're pretty, cl- they're pretty close. All of this is to just to come back and say like that offense is not good. Deshaun Watson, maybe it'll get better in the season. Can't move the ball deep or with any of their great options. And Jerome Ford is, it's a great check down running back. So that's why I really like him. I like him moving forward and I would be as aggressive as you need to really, as you need to be this week. Lots of fab numbers. Number one waiver claim. Um, and what your team's running back situation looks like is probably the point of how aggressive or more aggressive you should be. Uh, coming in at number two, it's actually the guy that was the my number one before, and I was like, oh, this is the guy that we should all look at. Uh, I've definitely thought this was going to happen. It did happen. Zach Moss. Zach Moss ended up getting all of the stuff. Deion Jackson just didn't exist once he was healthy, and this was kind of spelled out for us. We kind of you could see the you could see this building. I was going to say the writing on the wall. That's the analogy. You can see the writing on the wall of like when Zach Moss was eligible um, to play, they were going to give him the the run. Yeah, I'm I'm the worst with analogies, so I was trying to figure it out. Um, (laughs) But he got big run. He had a big day, I think over 100 total yards. And he comes in at number two here. So what is the gap between Jerome Ford and and Zach Moss look like for you? Uh, Pretty large for me, because also you watch that game. Speaking of pretty large, those are the lanes Zach Moss had to run through. (laughs) Zach Moss was facing the Houston Texans defense and gap and gap and gap and just and look and nothing. This is one where I will stick to my guns. I think Zach Moss is a middle of the road running back. I think he's replacement level running back. I think the difference between him and Matt Breida right now is nothing. Mm. Like, I just think he's an average running back. But an average running back, the reason he's two is because an average running back with 20 touches every single week being a bell, he's a bell cow. A bell cow running back is going to offset a better talent in a split. And that's where I'm going. Like, if you told me I could take Samaj P. Ryan, who'd got nothing against the commanders over Zach Moss and switch their situations, I would do that. And Samaj P. Ryan would be top 20 running back. Yeah. So the gaps comes down to talent and what I believe in. I believe Ford has a, a Decent gap. I don't know how many times I'm going to say gap here, but a decent gap sponsored by gap today, a <laughs> uh, decent gap over Zach Moss. Um, but like, if I look at, you know, Baltimore this week, Zach Moss is not going to rank as a top 20 mm. running back. I still don't believe it. Like I will, I will eat crow on this one. If Zach Moss ends up being great every single week, I just do not believe it. It's a good pass catcher, which um, maybe helps a little bit, but he's okay. He's like a fine pass catcher, but I don't know. Anthony Richards. Fine. Yes. Fine. Anthony Richardson's pretty diamond dynamic player that we have to see like over the season, like how much does he like to throw out to the backfield? Zach Moss is like Miles Sanders at this point in Miles Sanders career. Oh, come on. Miles Sanders is better. You're saying Zach Moss. That's is, what I'm saying. You said, well, but you're saying, I no, feel like you're saying, saying negative about Miles Sanders. Well, because he's looked pretty rough so far this year. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Zach Moss is like the rough version of my. It'd be Sanders. nice if they. I may. I mean, I'm gonna. I'm gonna probably make your case. It's like, man, if they could just give him more, give him like, volume, and it's like Zach Moss is Deonta Foreman, like that kind of stuff. Ooh, okay, all right. Let's move on from Zach Moss. So Zach Moss is not as aggressive. <laughs> Devin Singletary. There's a better one. Okay, it still doesn't help. That doesn't make me feel any better. Zach Moss, though, <laughs> it shouldn't. Also, as much as he is, is it is a bell cow. 
there is a theoretical timeline. There's a clock ticking for week five with Jonathan Taylor and what the Colts decide to do. Jonathan Taylor might be like, hey, Anthony Richardson looks good. I'm going to play. I'm not getting traded. Um, or, you know, all these running backs going down, he might be like, get me out of here. I'm not playing a down until I need to, until I get Still my money. Still got to get a trade. Uh, yeah. So there, there's a, there's factors. Yeah, but see, the, to go back, sorry, I sort of harp on this, but go back to Devin Singletary is actually the best one because Devin Singletary, you said not making you feel better about it, but when Zangle, Zach, Devin Singletary was the guy for those five, six weeks with the Bills, he was a top 20 running back. Yeah, of the Bills. Like, like, that's so why. Was that the that, Bills offense or was that Singletary? That's what, that's my point. They're mediocre running backs who given a good opportunity. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I follow you then. Yeah, sure. And Zach Moss is a mediocre running yeah. back on not a great offense. So that's the, the, that's where but the limitation is. Opportunities. Yeah, that's the, lim the limitation. And, and if Richardson's healthy, he'll help open up some run lanes. But uh, again, even against Baltimore. And I, well, Baltimore's defense not as scary as it used to be. Yeah, it's just it's not like the ideal matchup. Like He's not going to be ranked as a top 20 is the main point. But if like Zach Moss against the Cowboys, I don't even know if I would have top 30. I agree with that. If if you <laughs> don't have a play, your number one play is Jerome Ford. But let's say you lost Saquon and you're sitting in a situation where you're going to be out a couple weeks. Zach Moss might be the perfect fit, though the matchups are not great. As a running back, yeah. you know you have for a couple weeks. So you put a big majority on Ford and have your backup contingency plan be Zach Moss. Now, number three, speaking of the Baltimore uh, Ravens, does Justice Hill comes in Surprised. at number three. Does he fit into this same mold or is this? another gap difference There's another tier difference between the backs that's another gap just because of the usage won't be consistent like that that's what it comes down to this is going to be gus edwards and justice hill every single every week. week it's just you know yeah and it's just gonna be frustrating and this is uh it's the lesser version of Bijan robinson and tyler algier i think that's you know, all Walmart that, it's a little bit different because well yeah but i was gonna say it's a little bit different too because hill's the pass catcher and Bijan is the pass catcher and so he's got that going for him too. It's just, it's going to be frustrating. One of them will probably finish as an RB two and the other one will probably be like RB three or four. And there'll be some weeks where it's flipped and one finishes RB one and one finishes and then they both score. Um, but that's the way you're going to have to deal with going forward. Justice Hill is fine. I, I said surprise. Cause I thought that more would have jumped on board. I thought justice Hill was going to be higher rostered than uh, Gus Edwards, which isn't even close. It's like a 20% gap after what happened in week one. So I was actually shocked that Justice Hill was still in our 60%. Yeah, the usage was weird, but it's like if you're comfortable with a back that's going to get somewhere between 10 and 15 touches a game, either. It's an RB3 yeah, every single Yeah, week. you can just throw them out there. So again, that it's a, it's a tier difference here, and we're in a different tier. Number four, you did put him on here. You kind of don't seem excited about it, but Matt Breda looks like he will be the back while Saquon is out. God knows what else they're going to end up doing here, but Matt Breida <laughs> is most likely someone not to trust. Is he a desperation play like how like it's not very aggressive. You probably put a claim on him in some general space just because that low is a level. back, but this is yeah, it's a low level stuff, right? If anybody in Flex Leagues is listening, I put a $0 claim on him. Like, that's just because if I don't get him, like, there's other options. There's wide receivers and stuff like Just, like, that's how much I care about getting Matt Breida. It, it, because I have, you're not starting him this week on a short week against the 49ers. Yeah. That's the bit. So, right there, you're claiming a running back to not even start when you pick him up. So, how much do you want from here? And what happens? So, Eric Gray was behind Brightwell, mostly because some special teams involvement, too. So, what if Eric Gray comes in? jumps ahead of Brightwell, they drafted him, they give him some opportunities, and all of a sudden he's turning into what is the worst-case scenario, this Giants offense in a full-blown committee with all three of them. What if Matt Brady is not even the top option? What if they end up going with Brightwell? Or with, I just I just don't know that I'm going to be too excited about Brady any given week. 
Yeah. I th- you know what? I think for right now, he's Justice Hill. He's an RB3, but he's on the Giants, and he's facing the 49ers. That's even worse. <laughs> uh, and then number five, Roshan Johnson came in. A lot of people talking the usage. They were a lot closer. They, I mean, that offense in general just doesn't look great, but the usage... Uh, the gap was starting to close a little bit between um, uh, Khalil Herbert and him. So, I mean, he comes in behind Brita, but do you think Roshan is a better long-term play if you're not looking for short-term out? Better long-term, yeah. Okay, so that's where yeah, that is. Absolutely. Uh, the door's open, but I, I also pointed out in there the same concern for Alexander Madison is that Madison and Khalil Herbert, because of the downs that they're in on, offensive line are doing them no favors. We're talking about zero and negative uh, like t- yards before contact. And then Cleo Herbert's still over four yards after contact. The flip side is Rashawn Johnson's getting got in week two. He got 6.5 yards before contact in week two. It's just the situations you're on the field. And that goes back to week one. Rashawn Johnson's used a lot in long downs and third downs and pass catching opportunities. So a lot of time he has more space. Again, I'm not saying that like the door isn't open and Rashawn Johnson could certainly walk through the door and close it in Herbert's face. That's why he's a long-term play. I'm just saying I'm not, too enamored like the reason i brought that up is to caution people from going bananas or roshan johnson if he's out there that's that's all you don't think it's basically the lesser version of the it's you go back to your walmart it's the walmart version of the okay you literally will herbert scuss edwards yeah you you literally answered to where i was gonna go i was gonna say do you think they're like that dual like kind of splitty situation like do you think they're heading to a split okay yeah so yeah they're they're the Kmart version. They they're are. the Kmart version yeah. of Bijan. The Kmart version. And we're just going so down and bankrupt. Down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or it's then the Circuit City, and then we're just like going to a gas station, Circle Sears. K. Yeah, exactly. I'm throw- <laughs> <laughs> Outlet stores. Uh, Dumpsville at running back. You have a couple, by the way, in all of these in the article, there's even more running backs listed that you can look for waivers. And there's quite a few running backs on the Dumpsville. The one that caught my eye, Antonio Gibson who, as you noted, was relegated to a change of pace back, used a lot more receiving. It just didn't seem like they cared to run him a whole bunch either. They want to maybe use him as, you know, just a guy on third downs to throw the ball to. But you got him in Dumpsville, so he's in cut territory for you. Uh, he's uh, now J.D. McKissick. So yeah. unless Brian Robinson gets hurt, that's just that's how Eric Bieniemy is using him. He said he wanted to use him more in the passing game. Well, that's 80% of his opportunity, like 90%. That's all he is. So... Um, um, and last week was an opportunity where you could have seen a little bit more you know, like the passing game work because, you know, this against the Denver Broncos, it, like you want to pass happy. You want catch up. And then you still didn't get got Gibson. I don't even know how you play him right now. And that, I also relative like I'm not dropping Gibson to go chase some. I'm not going to chase Matt Breida unless I need See, somebody for this. That's, week where, and I, again. that's where I was going like, to go. Is no, who, it's like oh. Matt Breida this week is I still don't want to start, but I would have Matt Breida ahead of Gibson because he's actually a lead and getting touches. But like you have to pick up Breida now if you want him. Would you, you, would you not cut Gibson for any of the five we talked about? Like is the line, does the line oh, stop I, at three? Did it stop at who was no, it? Because, because the names you didn't even mention, like I would go down to Jalen Warren at six. I would cut him. I would cut him for Tajay Spears. I would cut him for Chandler. Okay. So you would cut him for all Hunt those guys. And, if, if Hunt, I'd take the chance. Like what if Hunt gets signed? At least Hunt, I know would probably get more touches per week. That's what it comes down to. When can you play Gibson? Yeah. Unless Brian Robinson gets hurt. Yeah. It's like a, it's a totally hidden little fantasy thing too, is those players where it's like, there may be like some inherent value, but when are you ever going to be able to take advantage of it? When are you ever going to use it? When will you ever get it right? And is that juice ever worth the squeeze? And Antonio Gibson does not, does not seem like he's in that territory. Wide receivers do not look as sexy as they did last week where, you know, Puka Nakua was at the top. 
I mean, you can tell me otherwise. We don't have Puka, but we do have a Rams wide receiver that's going to come in. But coming in at number one for the waiver wire wide receivers, Josh Reynolds. I think some people might be surprised based on the names, but tell them uh, why they shouldn't be. Because Reynolds continues to be Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds shouldn't be a top two option for NFL teams. Like, that, and, and I'm not hating on him. And like, oh, friend of the show, not Josh Reynolds. Apparently, if you ever listen, yeah. sorry. They just like he is what he is, and he's fine. He was like the Rams attempted him as the two for a while there, and that didn't work out. He's a great three. Like, like he's like Tyler Boyd, like in that kind of role. And when called upon and needed to do more, Tyler Boyd has been able to step in as the two and produce some top 35 weeks. That's Josh Reynolds. It's, a, it's not, not every wide receiver is John, Justin Jefferson. Otherwise, like, we'd just be the coin flip every single week because all the wide receivers are amazing. Like, this is a talent disparity. Not everybody's always great. But Josh Reynolds, when called upon as the two, Jameson Williams is still out multiple more weeks. Like, we're playing this game of 2-2 Atwell, who you mentioned, kind of alluded to there. Like, we have the ticking clock of Cooper Cup. Josh Reynolds has a longer clock. It's still going. It's going for five more weeks. Well, four more weeks. Four more weeks. I was saying five once he's actually, yeah. you know how I'm thinking, like the next week once he's on the field. And then do we actually know that Jameson Williams is going to immediately step into the one-two role? Here's the good thing about Josh Reynolds, too. You know when to start him and when not to. If Jared Goff is at home, you always start him. If Jared Goff is on the road in a dome, you consider starting him. If Jared Goff's on the road outside, you don't even think about it. See, very simple. That's the best part about Josh Reynolds. No, that's nice when you can have it just kind of laid out to you pretty easy. Why not? Coming in at number two. Now, see, I think this could surprise some people because I think this guy is on some. Which way? Uh, well, I think it, some people have him as a cut, <laughs> and it is Romeo Dobbs, even after Jaden Reed was kind of the leading guy scoring those touchdowns. You've got Christian Watson maybe coming back at some point here. Jaden Reed stepping up right. a little bit more. Yet Ro Romeo Dobbs pops up for you as the number two waiver wire wide receiver this week? Because the situation. So, yeah, uh, I've been on record in the preseason and even on waivers. And somebody was like in waivers last week. Like, oh, that's never happening for, I said that Jaden Reed could surpass Romeo Dobbs. I think he's a better talent. That hasn't happened. Jaden Reed's still only on 100% of his snaps were three wide. 100%. They've been using him a lot of the slot. Dobbs is still the two if Watson is back. Do I think that could change? I've said it. I've said Reed could surpass him, but it hasn't happened yet. The door is open. We assume Watson was getting close and that he should play in week three, but if not, you're still going to play Dobbs as a wide receiver four, and that's what it comes down to. Still a wide receiver four. If Watson comes back, he's a wide receiver four. Until Jaden Reed plays the one-two role with Watson, Romeo Dobbs is still a wide receiver four, and that's why he's here. And also because of how narrow this gets. I'm going to jump right to three because right to three, two to Atwell, he's got two games left. He's yeah, got two games he left until Cooper Cup is back, and then Nakua becomes a wide receiver three, and two to Atwell becomes basically irrelevant. Like, they, like I, I like what they've done with Atwell, and I was reluctant to believe that they were telling the truth and the fact that they had like outside designs for Atwell and they were going to use him in that way. And like, it's two, two Atwell. Like really? I like, I remember Tavon Austin. It's just two, two Atwell is Tavon Austin part two, but they've been using him enough that you can use him for two more weeks. The difference is Dobbs potentially has more than two weeks. Two, two Atwell legitimately has two weeks unless something happens to Cooper cup and he aggravates the injury. And unless Matthew Stafford can continue throwing 55 times per game, it's going to be hard. Yeah, it's going to be hard for targets to be there for anybody. I mean, Puka, I think I actually think legitimately Puka has a chance to still be a wide receiver too. 
push comes to shove when Cooper Cup comes back, that both of those guys can be double-digit target guys. But to your point, it's safer to assume Puka's going to be a three and two, two moves back. So again, there are play. That's what's interesting about this week in waivers. There are players with clocks, um, miss time or whatever her name was Loki. Loki's coming out. They're not advertising here, but there's a clock that is following Zach Moss. There's a clock that is following guys like they moved Breda. up the date, by the way. I know. I think it's like two weeks from now, right? <laughs> Well, it missed minutes. It, That's what it was. Octo- miss it's minutes. October 6th. I don't know. It's soon. Thank God. It, we need, I remember it was supposed to be the 22nd and they moved it up. I need a good show. I need Loki back in my life. But miss minutes is standing over some of these players and Tutu 100% is in that group. Mm, yeah. October 6th. There we go. I moved up. Thank you. Coming in at number four, Zay Jones over in Jacksonville. The number two, even though Christian Kirk had that bounce back game versus that, um, uh, versus that man defense. Well, that's because Zay Jones missed a chunk of the game. Do you think it was solely for, I mean, cause they talked up how, Oh, Christian Kirk eats up man coverage and that's what the chiefs had on him. You don't think this was man coverage versus Zay Jones missing time. No, that was part of it. No, that was part of it. Zay also had a few targets and didn't catch anything yeah. <laughs> for what he had. It was an off game for him. Uh, I just put Zay Jones as he's still here. He's still the number two. He's still running outside. He's still going to be on the field more than Christian Kirk. That's the problem. Like, so, I'll still take Zay Jones over Christian Kirk. I'd put Christian Kirk for people that have asked. And if you're looking at the waiver column, I still put Christian Kirk in like the Jaden Reed conversation, like more usable now than Jaden Reed, but potential more value future for Jaden Reed. Uh, But kind of like, he's not that much further down than Zay Jones, but I would still take Zay if I know he's healthy over Christian Kirk. Do you think if you were thinking long-term in the season, you would move Zay above Tutu? Because Tutu is like good for the forward facing. Okay. Yeah. Cause it's forward facing, but Zay Jones has, much better like season long ability than a two, two out. Well, so whatever your, you know, waiver, um, you know, your waiver element is, if it's thinking now or to the future, Zay Jones might move around and coming in at number five was Robert Woods with the Texans. Even though my boy is Nico Collins, Nico looks amazing. They got a lot of, they actually have a lot of options there as Mechie comes back that they're going through, but Woods still makes this list. He does, and I said, ah, because I don't <laughs> want to do it because it's, it's Robert Woods. I was actually off Robert Woods to start the year. I said, like, you can find Robert Woods on waiver wire every single week. You can always find a Robert Woods. You can always find a Greg Jennings. You can always find these guys every single week. They're out there. Well, something changed the first two weeks is that Houston's going to pass a ton because they're their own worst enemy. It's not quite Jameis Winston, but they're garbage time. They're garbage time, garbage time, garbage because the defense can't stop a lick. And then C.J. Stroud looks good, but he's also made some poor decisions which have led to interceptions, which have sometimes led to potential turnovers going for scores, whether on the interception or turnover or immediately after. So they're creating their own garbage time. And if you look at this for Robert Woods and Nico Collins, hell, you play a fourth quarter four times over every single game. We're talking about the one and two wide receivers in the NFL. If It was just that. So. I, I hate it, and I think Robert Woods is going to go belly up at some point, but at least for now, like you can use Robert Woods more consistently than you can Jaden Reed and Sky Moore behind him and Adam Thielen and to keep going down from there. There are much higher ceiling guys behind him, but for usability right now, it's Robert Woods. They're not going to stop throwing the ball. We want to talk about uh, the... Especially because they can't run, because we go back to the Damian Pierce thing. They can't run because their offensive line... The one thing that's interesting is that their offensive line is in shambles, but it's been able to at least do enough with Stroud having some ability in the pocket to stay and you know, keep the plays going that they're throwing more as part of it as yeah, well. Yeah, they trust him to throw. So, I mean, that's what he was kind of one of my sleeper backs, uh, uh, quarterbacks this week. Um, in Dumpsville, Alan Lazard. 
popped up. I thought this is an interesting one. I think on the surface we can we kind of see where this is going, but you know, can you dump Lazard for Robert Woods right now? You can drop Alan Lazard. This was I had Alan Lazard as an interesting wide receiver four this year. You know this because Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers loves him in Absolutely. the end zone and the red zone. But there's no Aaron Rodgers anymore. This is very simple. Zach Wilson is going to struggle to make Garrett Wilson like Garrett. Uh, let me reverse that. Garrett Wilson is the only reason Garrett Wilson's even still relevant. It has nothing to do with Zach Wilson. Like Zach Wilson, just please God get the ball in his hand three times a game, and we can still use Garrett Wilson. But Zach Wilson is bad enough. Like. I just you go back to Jameis Winston. Jets, go trade for Jameis Winston. They have a backup quarterback plan in Taysom Hill. Like they don't need three. They technically have three quarterbacks. They just I think they can, could, can we get something I, on the Jets so we can enjoy I it? I think they could also just use from a game plan change. I'd love to see them do what the Rams did against the 49ers. Just have every play you get the ball out in like two seconds, you throw five yard slants, and you treat them like running they like wide receiver running back. I don't back think Zach Wilson's brain processes that quickly. Well, but I'm saying make it easy. It's like if you have a guy like Garrett Wilson, like you got to do just timing throws, just hike and throw there. Yes, man. I'm in talking the wide receivers, hopefully, like, there. Timing, first read, don't make him go to second read. Don't let him sit in the pocket for a long time. Just make really easy decisions. That's what they should do with Justin Fields. Justin Fields feels indecisive as hell right now. I completely agree. There was a lot of... I mean, that's how uh, Deshaun Watson looked. Deshaun Watson didn't know what... As soon as his first look wasn't there, he would look down at the ground. He'd have a panic look in his face, and he'd run into three linemen and then, you know, get hit. Like, See, Justin Fields doesn't look panicked. He looks so... in Like, his first read's not there right now. If you watch Justin Fields for the first two weeks, actually watch, watch Justin Fields. It's the first read isn't there. And he legitimately like you put that quizzical gift that everybody knows. Like, that's what starts happening. Yeah. He just sits there and he's like staring into nothing. Like, make a decision, dude. Yeah. And, and I think that's what needs to be coached up is like you need to work through if, if, a, if a quarterback is not capable of checking down reads, then push an offense that is beneficial to that. Like, OK, if he can't get his first read, then run. Like, tell them to do that. Push to do that. But that's a whole nother thing aside. Uh, those are your Dumpsville, your wide receivers, your running backs. If you're looking to stream this week, well, Jake has got lots of options for you. Leading at the top of quarterback, just real quick, uh, the top three, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Sam Howell. Do you think there's a tier of differences between these three quarterbacks if someone's looking to stream? Like the Burrow situation, They these might be the options. Yes. Yeah, if, if Purdy's still out there, too, in some leagues, I would definitely Purdy. Uh, Jared Goff, somebody asked me, he's like, Jared Goff's still in my like, How? Uh, he's at home again. Please go go start Jared Goff. So Jared Goff and Brock Purdy would actually be a tier, then Wilson, Stafford, and Howell. And then I would cut it off in Carr, Stroud. And then after that is just, I don't even want to get into after that. Because after Carr and Stroud, you're talking about Pickett and Garoppolo nope. in the matchup. And Baker Mayfield in the matchup. And Tana, like, there's a lot of bad streaming matchups this week. Yeah, and I mean... Also, if you if I had Deshaun Watson, I would be looking at these guys too. I, if if you didn't have a backup and you were putting I'd start it out Jared Goff or Deshaun Watson, yeah, I I would stop. I would start Purdy over Watson this week. I think oh, absolutely Giants. Yeah, absolutely. I think Purdy's like a top. I think I have him at eleven or ten rookie corners. Yeah, hundred percent. Jump into it. My only concern is that they get up early. And everybody's like, well, if they got up early, I say this a lot too. Like if they got up early, they probably did blank. But there's a legitimate opportunity with Daniel Jones that you can get up early with a Christian McCaffrey touchdown, a defensive touchdown, a defensive touchdown, and then Purdy doesn't even. This is do very anything. true. It just Ayuk might be a little bit questionable for the game. Uh, Purdy showed off why he can't throw deep, and I think you're going to have a lot of running, but you're also going to have a lot of those. We've like, talked about that before. Yeah. Oh no, I know you've said it a hundred times. 
but this will be like the short passes to Debo and Kittle, and you still might get two cheap touchdowns. You're going to see more Elijah Mitchell this week, so that'll be the thing. Uh, for tight ends, if you're looking to stream, Zach Ertz has looked like an absolute um, just steal in that he's market because he yeah, has a target freaking monster. But you also put uh, Kylan Gr- uh, Granson, Gr- yeah, Granson, right, on here and Dawson Knox. Yeah, I wanted to say, I was about yeah, to go Dick I Grayson. Think- I was about to make him Robin for a minute. <laughs> You can actually drop Tyler Higby at this point. I was big on that's one I missed. I, I huge stood miss firm on too. Higby. But the thing was, like, I don't think anybody expected Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell to get 75 targets a week and there's nothing left. That was the thing with Higby. I expected to be the two. I didn't expect them to be the three. Uh, so drop him. Drop him for Earths. Yeah. Kylan Granson, I think, is great while healthy. I think people forgot about him from last year. I would drop. I mean, I'm going down this list. I don't want to go crazy, but. You could play Knox, hoping for a touchdown over Higby. You can play Hurst, who's been looking good. Durham Smythe is on the field a ton. Um, I don't want to go as far as Gerald Everett. But, hey, Tyler Conklin. <laughs> I mean, Zach Wilson can't throw the ball more than 10 yards downfield, so maybe Tyler Conklin has that another decent him. week. But you can move on from Higby. Yeah, I like I like Ertz and I like Hurst in this. You know, last week it would have been if you really had let Sam Laporta sit out there, you needed to make that move last week because he looks like he's moving into an upper echelon of tight ends. Those are some streaming options. A quarterback, tight end. We got your waivers. And Jake has really got you covered. Go check out the entire article with all the names. You can pair it against some of the things we talked about over at The Athletic. On his Twitter, he has the post. You can click right through. You can sign up right there if you don't have a subscription. And then guess what? If you do, you're like a couple hours away once you're going to be listening to this from also getting the ranks because that comes out like late midnight. And then you'll be set. Those are going to be adjusted throughout the week. You get locked in, have all the stuff, all the things. Are you anticipating any craziness in your ranks this week after all the craziness of week two? I think there'll be some shockers. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the, the fact that like the Jerome Ford conversation we already had, there you go. Yeah. Oh, what is the, can I get a hint? What is the the list this week? Is it, you did wrestling finishers last week. I did wrestling finishers, which people were upset about in those submissions. I said no submissions. They're completely different. I don't know. I have a list right yeah, here. Yeah, you got it. The figure four thinking, leg lock. Well, let's see. Uh, I still have 2023 movies. I always do like the movies I've seen throughout the year at some point. Um, ooh, I'll let you decide. How about okay. this? Like, 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 we're going to do this live on the podcast. Love it. Cartoons. Since we just wrestling, we'll go back to cartoons. Either the top 10 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle villains. Okay. 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 Or we can do the top 10 SpongeBob songs. SpongeBob songs. We're going to go with SpongeBob. <laughs> okay. You know, I, there's a Sponge disconnect Bob. I found out. Um, the new t- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies I've heard is amazing. I grew up on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I love them dearly. And I told my son, I was like, oh, hey, dude, the new t- Ninja Turtles is out. Do you want to see it? And he was like, eh. And I was like, oh, my God, you don't like Ninja no, take, Turtles? Take him to see it. Like uh, the kids well, it's out that, streaming like, now, that you so. wouldn't think. Yeah. Oh, well, make him watch it. Like, I, I, we were in the theater. Kids were clapping. Yeah, kids, it, like 10, 12 year old kids. I love the Ninja Turtles. And my, my mom was even like, you, uh, she's like, I want to take you and uh, Parker to the movie. I'm like, he doesn't want to see it. And she was aghast because of my love for it. So <laughs> these kids, these kids these days, they don't need Ninja Turtles, but they do know SpongeBob. So <laughs> I think SpongeBob is a very good one. Uh, maybe some people will be upset, but Ninja Turtles uh, coming in the near future. So check out yeah, the article. Well, that, that's what we're doing. You get the there entire list. It should be great. SpongeBob songs this week. <laughs> I'm excited. He's a goofy goober. Jake Seeley, find him uh, on Twitter. I'm just trying to figure out. I have top 10 marriage, and I didn't put what, what about marriage. Married, I don't, I don't married remember with children? what my list was supposed to be. Maybe married with children episodes? No, 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 no. Marriage. Like, I don't know if it was top 10 things I didn't know or happened. or Like, I just have marriage on my list. Mm. I don't know what it's supposed to be. I have to figure that one out. <laughs> well, you better figure it out pretty quick here <laughs> before it becomes 
a problem. I got a couple lists in marriage I can think of right there that came to my mind. So follow him on Twitter at All In Kid. You can give some suggestions. Follow me at Is It The Welsh. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast right here on The Athletic. And until next time, friends, we'll talk to you on Thursday ranks for week three right here on The Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Thank you.